All right, let's talk about Scream 6. Raymond, you saw the movie. You saw it in theaters this past weekend. And I believe you had a great time. Tell us about it. Yes. Um, I, 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 ha- I had a blast in this movie. <laughs> I, it was so much fun. And look, I will say, like, really, before I talk about everything I like about the movie, mm. I want to talk a little bit about some of the criticisms I've seen about the film. Because I actually think the, the criticisms for the movie are, in a way, kind of valid. But I, I don't know. At the same time, like, because people people are complaining about you know some of the some of the things this movie does like with the with the third act, mm-hmm. but for me, if you didn't do the if you didn't do those things, it wouldn't really be a scream movie anymore. So, I think this movie changed things up enough. Where, you know, it's doing something very new with the franchise. It's giving us a bunch of twists. I I was, you know, surprised, you know, throughout the whole film with a lot of the directions that ended up going in. But in the end, it kind of just becomes a typical screen movie, <laughs> like in the last like 20 minutes. And but at the same time, if it didn't do those things, then it would it wouldn't be scream. It would be basically just, you know, a slasher in New York. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, yeah, that's um, it. Well, talk about that part because the, the, what makes this this film different than the franchise is that this is set in New York, where the other ones are set in suburbia of America. Mm-hmm. This is set in like the gritty streets of New York. Everyone doesn't care about anyone. I remember there's a cl- I haven't seen the movie, but there was a clip where uh, ghost someone in the ghost face mask kind of jumps into the into the convenience store and, and buddy and the guy goes, "Hey, watch your, watch where you're going, buddy." You know. So that does that bring anything new to this franchise? The the, the New York it, aspect. It does. It does, but that's not necessarily why I love the movie because I would say there are some great set pieces, mm-hmm. but they're all in the trailers. <laughs> <laughs> so I do love a lot of like what they did with the whole New York setting. Mm-hmm. And but it's all it's all been revealed in the marketing. And while it's all, you know, much more intense while watching the movie and the sequences are much longer. You 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 know what you know the sequences already. <laughs> they they well, showed them all in the marketing. What what made this what really made this movie great for me is some of the direction they took the characters in, specifically um Melissa Barrera's character. I think is that her name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved what they did with her character because if you if you remember in the last Scream movie, <laughs> she was she's kind of crazy. <laughs> her father's Billy. Her, oh right, Billy right. Loomis. Her yeah. Fa- yeah, her father's yeah. Billy Loomis, and she's still having visions of him. Right, and which makes this, no sense because the, she had no no reason to know oh, yeah, who Billy no. Loomis was, right? In the first, right. in the last movie. No, no, I guess she just read about it, right? And I then guess. you know she found out about the lineage, and or, or was it she? She found a letter, right? She found letters from her mom, or, uh, or and they they talked about it in the, in well, the last movie. I don't, that, I don't remember. Yeah, that, that whole plot subplot was just really just to to get Skeet Ulrich back into the franchise again because he's yeah, sure, yeah, spoilers. Well, I mean, that's it. That was the last. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like I said, I haven't seen this new one. Only, it's, I'm only talking about the last Scream movie. But go ahead. Okay, well, I guess I'll spoil a little bit of like just the first couple of minutes with her character. But they kind of basically set up that her character, um, a- after the the end of the last film, that once it got out, the word got out that she's the daughter of Billy Loomis. People on the internet started s- spreading rumors that she's actually the one responsible for everything, and that uh, uh, her her boyfriend was actually just an, an innocent victim. Oh, interesting. And and that he was framed for uh, for the crimes. And she's uh, going to therapy and trying to get counseling. 
she's going through a lot in her life and her character like throughout the movie is slowly getting crazier and crazier and i i love this direction it's so much different than you know what they did with the with the previous characters from the original trilogy mm -hmm. or the original four mm -hmm. and I, I i really love the direction they took her character in uh, and I think her performance and well is, is fantastic in the film. Well, in the last movie, they really the cat the new cast really didn't get much to do. Right. And this one, since you know, uh, since the original cast isn't there, they have a lot to do. And a lot of characters I personally didn't even really care about in the last movie, like Melissa Barrera's character and uh, Mason Gooding's character. I I didn't care for them in the last film. I love them in this movie. Oh, wow. they're, they're my two favorite. They're two my they're two my two favorite characters in the movie. I think they're two of the best characters in the franchise. Oh wow! I think I think I think they were fantastic. I think these writers did such a great job at uh, kind of making you just kind of understand and, and connect to these characters, and uh, and that's what really kind of made the movie really special. Was I guess just how they handled these characters because. I mean, the fact that they were able to make me care about characters that I, I didn't care for at all in the last film is such an accomplishment to me. And um, again, a lot of uh, a lot of twists throughout the movie. I don't want to talk about right. Um, and fantastic opening. And um, I I can I can definitely see the criticisms for the third act. I don't want to get into it, but for me, it was just it was very in line. And ve felt very true to the franchise that I just couldn't, I, I couldn't complain about it. I, I think if I were to complain about the ending of Scream 6, then I think you could complain about the ending of Scream 2, 3, 4, and 4 and 5. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I think a so, lot of what happens in, in these movies, it's all a, a little far-fetched, right? I mean, the reveal of, of somebody. Well, well, I thought it worked really well in the first one. That's the only one where I'd be like, it's perfect. Right, right. And the, and the rest of them, I'm like, all right. Like in, the, like in Scream 2, like it was, it was Billy's mom. Come on. Mm. Everyone's talking about Jenna Ortega. I mean, she's the biggest star uh, right now. Is she? Is she? Is she good in the movie? Yeah, she's great in the movie. Okay. But I, I would say that I liked her more in the last movie, more mostly because I think she had more to do in the last movie. Okay. Um, I think the movie focuses definitely a lot more on on Melissa this time. Or I guess it focused on her. I focused on her a lot in in the last movie as well. She was the lead. <laughs> uh, is Melissa? Barrera's character is she almost taking over the franchise? Is she going to be like the new? I feel like she has. Okay, I feel like she has. So they're kind of like pushing Nev Campbell's character out. Well, they definitely did that for this movie. I don't know if she's out for good. Um, they they left the door open for her return for for Sydney to come back. Yeah, they definitely left the door open for her to return. Um, she just really wasn't really needed for this story. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it seems like early on that uh, Nev Campbell said she didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to pay her 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 what she was asking for, and so I guess from day one they, you know, wrote a different direction. It seems like initially they wanted her be a part of it, or maybe there were some problems with her part or something. But I mean, mm -hmm. we got you got to remember that this was only last year when the uh, the last movie came out. So I mean, this was all. Yeah. Like a quick turnaround, and the fact that they were able to make a movie that seems everyone loves, and they, Raymond saying it's a, actually a pretty good movie, one of the better ones in the franchise. Uh, props to Radio Silence, the guys who were behind the the, the creative team behind the uh, the film, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I'm very impressed with what they've done because I've been a fan of their work. I really liked uh, Ready or Not, 
and I like Scream Five enough. Mm-hmm. But for me, the, this is for me of the three movies I've seen of theirs. This is easily the best one. Now, in Scream uh, Five, the last, the previous film, it had a meta kind of commentary on the fandom, like horror fandom, or just actually, actually, just film fandom. Do That's they- interesting to bring up. Yeah, because because you because the last one they 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 did the whole requel thing. Yeah, the kind of Halloween, the Halloween. Uh, reboot sequel type of thing yeah that that's interesting because this one didn't really do that very much uh what this one's tackling if you will i guess is franchises interest so there is a scene <laughs> in the movie there is a scene in the movie that's very funny that kind of makes fun of franchises and pokes fun at itself and it's pretty meta but i would say that it was just one scene, mm-hmm. and then maybe uh, there's a couple scenes where the uh, where where the si- the sister uh, where Randy's niece kind of makes a a, a few kind of ju- kind of meta kind of jokes and stuff. But for the most part, I mean, I think compared to all the Scream sequels and really co- compared to all the Scream movies, this is the least comedic mm-hmm. of all. Oh of them. wow! And the least meta, the least you know, like trying to. Yeah, I mean, it's still it's still there, but I mean nowhere near as much as the, the rest of them okay and which is interesting because i i really like scream 4 i know a lot of the fans hate scream 4 because scream 4 is very it's the most comedic of all of them it's the most meta of all the sequels but i really loved scream 4 because to me like i i i like scream 2 and 3 but i think scream 2 and 3 kind of got a little bit too kind of dawson creaky and <laughs> uh i got into a lot of the relationships and stuff and i think by the time you got to scream 3 um uh, Gale and Dewey are like basically soap opera characters <laughs> and um, and Scream 4 I think kind of you know fixes a lot of that and kind of gets it back on track with like a lot of the humor from the first movie maybe it does get a little too comedic but I'll take the comedy over you know what they did in Scream 3 <laughs> and um, uh, and then Scream 5 I guess was kind of like a bit of a balance where there was uh, there was a lot of meta humor but there was it was also you know kind of serious and stuff this is the most serious one of all of them. Well, I'm looking forward to watching it. I, I you know, also, like I've said, I, I was not. Uh, I thought it was a dumb idea to bring this franchise back because I thought <laughs> it was kind of already done. In and you know how many times. And also, could... it's it's Wes Craven's franchise, right? Yeah, he yeah, did that's the last true. One. That's like, true. You know, I felt like he he needed to be there, and you know, obviously he's he passed away a couple years ago, so it felt like it was almost a sacrilegious thing. But I was actually quite quite shocked how much I liked the last uh, Scream movie. And I liked the, even the commentary about the fandom. I thought they got it actually pretty smartly. I think it was clever the way they kind of talked about it or comment on it. All those it was about was, uh, toxic was, fans. There was yeah. dumb spots in it. Yeah. What's some, what was some of the spots you hated about last, last Scream, Rich? The, the throwbacks to, um, to like what you said, Skid Ulrich. Yeah, you mean the, like kind of the, the mis- you know, like kind of uh, ghosts. <laughs> being being able to see him in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, I think that's the, that's the problems when you bring back some of these franchise films that you have to throw these little nuggets to the legacy characters. And I think now that as these franchises are becoming more popular to a younger audience, you know, they don't have to rely on the legacy characters as much. And I think that's why we were we were talking about how you know that has driven a rift between these two fandoms or these two, I guess the age groups of fandom, uh, where older uh, fans will say, "No, I hate the new stuff. Let me just watch the. Can't we just do like the what the new old stuff used to do?" And you got the new kids saying, "No, no, we like what this new, you know, we like 
the new wave or, or we like the way they're they're going with the franchise. I don't know. I don't know how that's gonna for me. It's gonna play for out for me. It's interesting. For me, it's interesting because like, uh, um, I I wouldn't say I like I'm I'm like from the the, the new kids, the new generation, but. You know, I grew up with all the all of these like classic movies, and you know, I'll, I'm watching these reboots and all that, all these requels or whatever, if you will. Yeah. And you know, sometimes they're done really well, and then other times, you know, they're not. So for me, I just kind of always judge each sequel or each movie, you know, for what it is. I don't even care, you know, if it's um a fr- like a in a franchise or whatever. I I judge every specific one for for its own merit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's actually one of the things I don't like about fandom. Like, I don't like when people like have like this kind of like blind loyalty to something. Yeah, the perf- and because because in the end of the day, for me, it's the blind loyalty. They'll make up all these excuses, but in my head, it's like, dude, it's just nostalgia. Yeah, like yeah. you don't have to make up all these excuses, mm-hmm. all this bullshit. It's like, no, you love the originals because you grew up with them and you have all these memories of watching it as a child. And I understand, but don't try to pretend all this. You love it because of the Dawson's Creek bullshit. Accept <laughs> it. Accept it. But it, you, you can apply that to every franchise that they're remaking yeah. nowadays. And not just, I'm not talking about Dawson Creek stuff, but like uh, the idea that <laughs> of nostalgia has this really strong hold on people that they they want they, they you know they they want to keep it almost pure, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it's funny because you bring out like kind of like the older fans and the younger fans, and I wonder if the riff is not just Gen Xers versus Millennials and Gen Zers. I wonder if the riff is really older millennials and younger milli- millennials and Gen Zers, or, or maybe just millennials versus Gen Zers, you know, that there is a real kind of generational gap right there. I think it's all over the place, honestly. Oh, like, so? Yeah, like it's because there's so much, there's so many like pockets of fandoms mm-hmm. now and nowadays. Like, I think, yeah, I think everyone's just arguing. <laughs> I mean, right. Speaking as a millennial, you're a millennial, right in the heart of millennial demographic. Do you think there's like maybe a a, 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 a there, it seems like that demographic is really seeking their own kind of pop culture identity, and they're really taking on these franchises and they want to hold on really tight because it, you could someone could argue that Scream franchise is really the Gen X franchise. I mean, started in the nineties. It, yes. I think it, the first movie really speaks or reflects to the Gen X generation. About- but that's kind of what I was. That's kind of what I was talking about when we were doing our box office video. Because, yeah. um, because like I'm a '90s kid. I was born in the '90s. I was born in '92. Yeah. But I was raised on you know Freddy and Jason. And I think a lot of kids that were that were watching horror around that time, it was the same thing. And they were kind of around my age. We weren't are born in the '80s, but you know those were those were our characters. Those are our you know mm-hmm. introduction to horror. Interesting. And, um, and you know, that's kind of happening with, you know, the, the nine screen was the nineties and it's like everyone from the two thousands, they've kind of embraced that with what the, you know, as a franchise they grew up with their introduction to horror. Yeah. I think it's really scream and, and Chucky that become the, the new introductions to horror for, for the younger generation. And specifically with, with Chucky, Bride of Chucky. Cause I, I've noticed a lot of the younger horror fans, they don't even watch the child's play movies. Yeah, I think I think you're I think you're I think you're right. I think a lot of Gen Zers who are now you know, and then we're ta- I guess we're talking about the Bloomhouse kind of generation, the 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 A two four generation. I, I would say Bloomhouse is their kind of uh, gateway, and um, I I don't know maybe they're they're kind of are maybe more open to going back to older films. 
than say the the younger millennials. I don't know. Oh, I don't that's know. that's that's something interesting to talk about, right? Because mm-hmm. the the Blumhouse fans, right? I I enjoy some Blumhouse movies. I think they make some really good ones and some pretty mediocre ones. Mm-hmm. But I think what they're most I think it's Blumhouse, but I think I think what they're most known for is the uh, the James Wan, um, Insidious, and and Conjuring. Those are Blumhouse, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and I love I I like some of those movies, but I have a lot of issues with those franchises because to me, they're just kind of like basically remakes of Poltergeist. And I, <laughs> and I'm very curious what it's like for you know the people that grew up with Insidious and grew up with Conjuring as like their you know that was their introduction to her. What would they think about a movie like Poltergeist? Mm. You know what I mean? Because like, especially Insidious, because it's like beat for beat Poltergeist. Like, if you like, I know, I know, uh, I think we've had this conversation, Mike. But I think you have issues with the first Conjuring. I think you said it, uh, it borrows too much for that movie, but you haven't seen Insidious, right? <laughs> no, I haven't. That seen takes Insidious. it to a whole. That's like a shot for shot remake <laughs> of uh, Poltergeist. Yeah. So I mean, like, what would what would the new fans that grew up with that think about like uh, the classic? That inspired it. It's so it's it's interesting because like you know I'm on TikTok and and what I mean by <laughs> I, I search TikTok uh, and I've you, seen you make dancing videos. <laughs> no, no, I, I I go through TikTok because I thought it's it's a it reminds me of like the early days of YouTube where it, you know mm. YouTube now has like so polished they have you know they have people with studios talking about movies on TikTok is really just people in their in their living rooms or in their bedrooms talking about films. And so I, you get the, but it's, they're also very young. They're all, I would say I was, I would assume they're tw- in their twenties. So uh, on TikTok, I was, I was wondering on, on these views that you see on TikTok, right? Are they, you know, just like on YouTube, do they beg for money on every other, on every no, video? They don't have time. <laughs> they don't have time. That's like six. They're only like 10. It's really kind of like snippets. And there's really, for instance, they do like a 10 second review. It's like one, right. you know, well, like how a YouTuber okay, those would YouTube do shorts. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, it's, it's what, YouTube exactly shorts. what it is. Yeah, okay. yeah. And so they, but what's interesting about those YouTube, what about TikTok is that first they're younger, they're really independent, and uh, but it seems like, and this is in my case, it seems like they're very interested in older movies and really get they really live on Letterbox. They respect Letterbox. They respect kind of so the I. It really seems like there are at least a a respect of legacy a bit or a respect of older films. But in YouTube, it's all about this is my, you know, this is my franchise. It's all about selling that hate, you know. Yeah. We're trying to get views. We're, you know, these guys suck, you guys suck, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's always <laughs> about like how they ruined the franchise. And so, and I would say YouTube is much older you know, demographic. So I don't know who's right and who's like, wrong. I, I I didn't watch the video yet, but uh, or I probably not. I'm not going to watch the video, but um, I thought, I, I thought, you know, last night, uh, we, last night we had the Oscars and I thought it, it was great. I thought it was a, a great celebration. You know, a, a lot of the movies, pretty much every, every, almost everything I wanted to win yeah. won. Yeah. And um, I, I, I go on YouTube this morning and I, and I see a video posted or I see a live stream going on of uh, from Midnight's Edge, and they're like, uh, the, the Oscars predictable again, Hollywood failing. I'm like, what? <laughs> Are the Oscars too predictable, Hollywood failing, something like that? I'm like, really? I mean, you have to complain about like what was a, a great night? I mean, yeah, like, yeah. what was there to complain I, about? I don't know. But, but you know what? I also have to say about TikTok, there is a younger demographic 
or like a section of, of young uh, fans, I guess you could say, that mm-hmm. really lean into that wokeness and really lean into like kind of the insensitivity of, of, of you know, whatever the, the whatever the scandal is that that, that moment. So that's so, social media, man. <laughs> but that, yeah, I think that's yeah. I, I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's a young thing or an old thing. I think everyone just kind of kind of does that with their own kind of whatever they're you know they believe in. But um, yeah, I know. I mean, I, 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 let's let's get into the Oscars now because Oscars was last night as as we record this. Um, Rich, you saw it. You mm-hmm. saw it live. Mm-hmm. What's your thought uh, overall? Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, I thought it was, uh, but it's it's certainly showed that the the tide has turned. As far as the Oscars goes, um, I'm the old fart now. I'm the old fart now. Um, Oh yeah, you're definitely uh, everything all at once. It was you wanted Tar to win. No, um, you want uh, uh, Fablemans to win? (laughs) Take everything. No, Mm -hmm. I was thinking that that uh, that uh, Banshees 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 of Insurance still had a good shot. But and even all even even also um, all quiet on the Western Front. Mm. But that Um, that was a huge hit. But yeah, 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 yeah. No. But as soon as I saw that one of the early uh, Oscars being um, you know, announced, which was writing, oh. and that's the category that I really did not expect everything everywhere all at once to win over. That's the one that deserved the most. No, I thought Banshees of Inisherin. That, that was the oh. only one that that that, no, I don't... that, uh, that Martin McDonough could have walked away with for sure mm-hmm. for me for me uh for every everything everywhere all at once like writing was probably the one i wanted them to win the most i mm. would think that uh, it was them for directing and then and, and uh and well, picture I, of course well but, for me i thought they deserved all three <laughs> yeah well they did <laughs> but um that's that's the writing category was the one that i thought they would give to martin mcdonald you know um um something for, for give sure. him something yeah something yeah yeah and but yeah, man, what a what a great night of speeches, though, right? Yeah, yeah. that's true. It was yeah. a, it was I, you know I saw it live and I I after last year because I I remember saying after last year I'm like I'm done with the Oscars, mm-hmm. <laughs> but fuck man the Oscars got a hold on me man I gotta watch this shit for for whatever reason I I, I even though I I, I kind of I I don't have a, as much faith in the Oscars I mean obviously it's not necessarily about merit. You know the the movies that win are not the ones that are tend to be that you know the best ones all the time. Well, sometimes so there are exceptions, and I for myself, I, this year was an exception. And um, I mean, Parasite when Parasite won, I I you know like I was that yeah, was my favorite that was movie. Huge. <laughs> that, was, that was my favorite movie of that year. Uh, um, the yeah, decade, it, I think. Yeah, one yeah. of the best movies of the decade. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I um, and everyone talks about how that was the great year of like when when public opinion and and the voters, you know. Converged, converged together, mm-hmm. and I would say the same thing about this year too. Kind of, you know, I, I think people will complain about uh, every everything, everywhere, all at once because it's you know it's a movie about butt plugs and <laughs> hot dog cans. Well, it's, it's, it's a, it's a I mean, I'm that. saying I'm saying it's a weird movie for for a voter, okay. but it, I think you're right, Rich. Voters are now have have there's a that old like that the kind of stereotypical voter who would vote for uh, I don't know. Driving Miss Daisy or whatever <laughs> no, well, are, is no. gone. They're gone. They're or, kind of um, they're kind no, of aged no, they're out. Not gone, uh, Green Book. Well, I mean those. Okay, those guys. <laughs> those guys who would vote Green Book uh, have aged Coda. out. No, yeah. Coda, oh, no, Coda. No, Coda was definitely um, you know, sentimental. Youth, youth too. Also, yeah. 
I, I don't know, but I think I think it, the theme is everything everywhere all at once. To me, really feels like a, a like a millennial film. If you know, De- you got, definitely you got the Daniels who are in their third mid thirties. It, it it talks about uh, multiverses. It talk it has, you know, it's a really the most you know. If you want to talk about wokeness, everything everywhere all at once is probably the most wokest movie <laughs> to win an Oscar mm-hmm. because it, and it, and for good reason. I mean, it's a good movie. I think. When wokeness does right, do right. If you could do it right, it it, it is something uh, to be said about that, right? Ki Hu Kwan, who won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor for Everything, Ever, Everyone, Everywhere, All at Once, was like kind of the the mascot of the of the of the night. He was like kind of the he was the mascot he, of the season, right? I mean, you know, I mean whole, he was just uh, uh, just watching him throughout the whole night. It was just a pleasure to watch. So. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that, you know, he's given so many speeches and they've all still managed to be good. I'm surprised <laughs> yeah. he hasn't, like, repeated himself because, like, you would think that he would, I, I, I mean, I think if I were in his position, I'd probably give the same speech every time. <laughs> he, he hasn't, you know. But, I mean, I, I think for us, he works in so many levels. He works because he has this great com- uh, comeback story, probably one of the greatest Hollywood comeback stories ever. He works because he he was a uh, you know you talk about nostalgia. He's the guy who was in all of our favorite uh, childhood movies, mm-hmm. Goonies and uh, Indiana Jones Two, Temple of Doom, and also you know he's in Pride and Encino Man. And Encino Man, but and also he was in Pride the uh, he, and also he kind of gives like one of the best performances of the year, uh, at least I believe so, and deserves an, uh, that Oscar win. And I don't think that's. And I said this before. I don't think that was a charity case. I think he is. He was so great in that movie, and he deserves mm-hmm. it. And he was like, and finally, I mean, it, 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 the cynicism of of the Oscars have grown tired for the last couple of years. You could get these actors who get nominated for like their fifth, sixth time. You know, when Meryl Streep gets nominated, you're like, okay, well, Meryl Streep gets nominated. So to see like Kihu Kwan, who's his first nomination ever. Mm-hmm. He, obviously, he believes that this would never would happen. He, he couldn't have dreamed that this would happen to him, and yet we see him like light up. And I think that's mm-hmm. something very special, and that what makes them, that makes the uh, that moment and that night very special too. Uh, and it was rare to see someone who actually really appreciated his win, not, or, or really appreciate his nomination. Really, uh, so I think that was what makes this particular Oscar pretty special. Now let's talk really quick about Brendan Fraser because I thought he was gonna have like a heart attack on stage. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it was a great speech. I was, I was so happy for him, but like that—that's the most like you know um, lightheaded or like you know lo- completely lost and dazed you know Oscar speech I've, I've maybe ever seen. <laughs> I was like, get this man a cup of water. <laughs> no, I, I was just—I was glad he he kept it together compared to the the critics award speech. Um, but yeah, I was. I was kind of worried for the second there. I mean, I thought the, I thought maybe that uh, Austin, Austin Butler, Butler. Yeah, I thought Austin Butler might have a, a bigger chance at the at one point. But I was glad to see Brendan Fraser pick it up and uh, yeah. um, uh, eventually. And it, it just makes the whole you know um, situation uh, the, the of the year uh, you know, better with those two A twenty four movies doing so well. And I I really hope that you know I probably will, but I really hope. That we're gonna begin seeing Brendan Fraser in a lot, mo- in a lot more movies moving forward, because um, 
man, the whale just makes you really remember like, you know, what, what a great performer he is. And he's, he's truly been missed. I mean, he's been popping up in a lot of movies like, um, over, I guess over the past like five or six years, something like that. But, um, seeing the whale and watching him in the lead role, I mean, it's been such a long time and I, I, I don't want the whale to be like the last, I don't want him to be like Hillary Swank where he just like disappears and makes a movie like every decade. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah Hillary Swank, the, like appearing. I love Hillary Swank. I mean, I think she's an incredible actress, but yeah. I mean, she makes a movie like once a decade, you know? Well, I think she has a TV show right now, but. Uh, oh, does she? Yeah. Alaska. Yeah. I, I hope, I think, I think Brendan Fraser has a, 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 a couple more years of, of great work in his, in his, in his feature. And it was great to see him like get that award too. I mean, I, this really was the year of comebacks. I mean, I think everyone had a really great story just behind of how they got this this role, whatever it was. Brendan Fraser had a great comeback story. Even Austin Butler has like a pretty decent story about getting Elvis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Colin Farrell, who, who uh, you know, a couple years ago was kind of dealing with his own issues of drug abuse and stuff like that. And to see him like kind of have alcohol that. Abuse. Alcohol abuse, yeah. It's to see that like he has now totally gone from that and he is now a father and, you know, mm-hmm. and he seems like a really great guy. I mean, every time he talks in these interviews, he seems very appreciative of where, where he's now at his life. And I think Colin Farrell, let's talk a little bit about Colin Farrell, because I think in the last couple of years, this guy has been like one of the best, un, one of the best actors, but also unrecognized for it. For becoming, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, from from someone who was like kind of a yeah. heartthrob, but now become a really great, great actor. I think he's, you know, you know. Well, but, but you know what's kind of interesting about about him though is like I feel like he's an, he's an actor that everyone knows. Like I mean, like nor- normal people, like you know, not you know, movie fanatics. Like I feel like everyone knows him, right? But no one knows his name. Oh, oh interesting. Hmm. No, I mean, I'm saying, I mean, regular people, Rich, not, mm-hmm. you know, people like us that, you know, read movie websites and all this shit. I don't think people, I don't think people know who he is. Oh, okay. But I think they recognize him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think he's, Cause, he cause he's, that... a, he's famous. Like he's oh, been yeah. in everything. He's been in everything, but I don't think people, I don't think he has a role where people like, oh yeah, Colin Farrell, you know yeah. what I mean? Daredevil. Every time he's every time he, every time he's had that opportunity, he gets a Daredevil exactly, or a um, Total Recall remake. Right. You know what I mean? All his, temp, all his yeah, all, all of his previous attempts of becoming a leaning man, a list actor, a list yeah. actor, kind of failed, and he's 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 almost like this. Um, he's in this kind of you know in between worlds where he's a good looking guy, but he also has you know character actor skills and abilities. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, yeah. So. Yeah, he's he's he has. Because really... I would say he, I would say he kind of is a character actor. Yeah. But at the same time, he's a leading man. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, it's so strange. Like, is there, Rich? Was know. there anything in the night that really shocked you? Um, yeah, I think the biggest shock of the night was definitely uh, best supporting actress, uh, 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 Jamie Lee Curtis, winning winning for everything, everywhere, all at once, mm-hmm. taking um, the spot from Angela Bassett. Mm-hmm. Um, which well, for me, for me, the, 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 the deserving winner in that category was Hong Chao. Yeah. Right, me too. But, this was the toughest category to me. Yeah. One, one of them. But oh. Jamie Lee Curtis, like, uh, I, 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 I mean, I just loved her speech. <laughs> really? Yeah. I was, I was so happy for mm-hmm. her to win. Like I was surprised, like how happy I was to see her win. But I mean, I think for, for like speaking for all of us, like, right. We've just been a fan of hers for so long. I've been a fan of hers 
since I was a child, and I know for you guys it's been even longer. <laughs> so I mean, like, it 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 was it was really happy to see her on there. It was Absolutely. it was really happy Absolutely. for me to see her on there. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, everyone that was expecting Angela Bassett, even Angela Bassett, um, <laughs> she was pissed. Uh, yeah. Um, but I don't think. I mean, uh, although she deserves it for her career, I don't think that performance. Uh, although she did do a great performance, of course, I think that movie. Yeah, Richard House was with uh, every everything everywhere all at once. No, no, Black Panther. Oh, oh Black Panther. Okay. Oh, Black for Panther Wakanda Forever. Oh, I think that Black, or the what they did to her in that movie was just awful. I mean, for that. Uh, yeah, the what ended up happening to the character, right? No, what ed- the editing they did to that her speech oh, or right. whatever, whatever. The, right. I don't know. It was just. Uh, I think she, um, she was. I would say this: Angela Bassett was probably the best performance in the whole movie. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, where She's, I think I'd say the only good thing about the movie, yeah, but it's still yeah. like uh, I still lackluster. think the the movie's so like it's such a mess for me that yeah mm-hmm. that it's still kind of like her performance isn't even enough to save it. But but I would I would say Jennifer. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, as much as I love her work and I love her, I would say her, her performance is probably the least favorite of mine's in that and everything yeah. everywhere all at once. But I think yeah, she just I got would, swept up in, even... the, in the locomotion or the you know the the runaway train that that everything everywhere all at once was that night. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. But I I actually think that Stephanie Hsu was better than her and yeah, um, yeah. in the movie. Uh, but I, but at the same time, I was I w- I I'm. I'm glad it was Jamie on on right. there on stage. Like I don't think it would I would I would have been happy for Stephanie totally, right? Because you know she was great in the movie, and like I know she I think she has more of a comedy background. So you know, and she's so young and getting you know getting this big uh, award nomination, and it's it's huge for her career. And um, I would have been happy for her, but seeing Jamie Lee Curtis on there was uh, was special. Yeah, and I think that's what the the you know the Oscars voters want. They I mean. They want those they special want, moments in the in the yeah in the, and, the, and uh, they'd rather give it to Jamie Lee uh, in this film and that's uh, because they enjoyed the film better. Well, I think I think everyone secretly you know <laughs> I think everyone secretly is like Black Panther: Wakanda Forever wasn't very good, but we're not allowed to say it. I was <laughs> I was surprised at one uh, uh, costume because yeah. that that costume design was horrible. But <laughs> Ruth, the, Ruth Carter won before, and so it kind of like people members of the Academy likes to give the award to. Well, you know, to they like to reward people for, but those underwater suits were damn horrible. I mean, I I know, I know they were, I know they were, you know, the reference from from the comic books matched it, but you, you, I mean, I mean, make up your own design. I mean, you know, it it looks stupid. I mean, I, I, I bet you they wanted for the funeral the all white that they wore. Sure, sure, sure. But I mean, and also the just the 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 amount of costumes that it had to be, Mm. you know designed yeah. for that movie it was like yeah. everywhere a lot of characters in that film but then again I, I, everything everywhere all yeah had a lot of exactly too. that's where i was leaning i think everything everywhere all at once oh I thought, that I thought elvis was probably the next one in line for uh, if it wasn't going to be ruth carter it would probably be elvis right i would have preferred elvis winning but mm. but you know uh i i like ruth carter so you know Kudos to her yeah i mean she had the, i don't really I don't, really I don't really care about that category yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. give it to her it, you know, like I, I was actually the one the one category that I was shocked to to for someone to win this for that movie was Sarah Polly for best adapted yeah. screenplay for women talking. Yeah. I just I watched seen, this movie. I haven't seen the movie. 
I just watched the movie. Rich, mm-hmm. you, we watched the movie. What was your thoughts on, on w- women talking? I thought it was actually pretty good as far oh, as really? surprising. Yeah, yeah, I did. I mean, I thought it was, but um, I didn't think it was good enough to to win over from uh, uh, All Quiet and, and Glass Onion. Well, I, I mean, gla- I, I, I would say Glass Onion because everyone just loves Ryan Johnson, and I, I don't think Glass Onion is a good movie. But I, I mean, it's an okay. It's, movie. Right. it's an okay movie. It's an okay movie. I don't it's know if it's, Ryan, an Oscar it's Ryan Johnson's best best writing, though. probably, <laughs> probably. But you know, I, I yeah. Yeah, the thing is, the category itself was pretty bad. I mean, I haven't seen Living. Uh, that was also nominated. Top Gun Maverick was 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 a, a nominated for that um, for that category. So I guess you could give it to Sarah Polly. But I really thought it makes sense. I really thought Women Talking was. <laughs> How yeah, can it I was, say this? It, yeah, it was. It, it was, was Women Talking. <laughs> it was Women Talking. Yes, it, it, Raymond, I, you were saying like the whale feels like a play. This really yeah. feels like a play. Yeah, it's More... definitely 12, 12 Angry Women. Right, right. A reference to it, 12 Angry Men. But it's, it's it. no, but I think the sentiment val- sentimentality of that movie feels too sugary a little, at, at times. I think, who's the girl who really? plays, who who's in The Crown, who plays the queen in the first couple oh, seasons? Oh, I see. I know what, what was her saying. name? Claire Foy? Claire mm-hmm. Foy. I thought she was pretty bad in the movie. I thought she kind of ruined it, ruins it. I think yeah, I could see her acting in it, and she plays like. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, but I, I could. I could. You could say the same thing to Kate Blanchett to me on on. on I think on I think scenes. Sarah or Claire Voy was just a lot worse. I think I. I mean, I think it was a bad performance. Well, people, well I mean, people say Kate Blanchett was pretty good. She was nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think Rooney, yeah, Rooney Mar was probably only the best thing about women talking. I mean, she's kind of disappeared, like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I was I was really disappointed by it. I I I thought I was gonna really really like it, love it maybe, but I was just kind of disappointed, and it felt a little just uh, I don't know, just a, a a little too, I don't know. And it, I I I do love kind of the setup or you know the whole kind of structure of the film. The these religious women in a devout community who are trying to break away from the kind of the men in, in the community. They're all kind of have. There's this horrible, horrific kind of event of, of sexual abuse and attack, and so that just drives that kind of uh, force around the the talking, the conversation, the battle. But I thought the battle, I thought the conversation itself was kind of weak. And and yeah, the 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 biggest abuse that we saw, I saw in the whole film was the what they abused Ben Winshaw. <laughs> I mean, what they did to Ben Winshaw the whole movie. You mean you allowed him to talk at all? <laughs> well, it's women talking, not Ben Wilshaw yeah. talking. We're talking here. Just yeah. right, do your job. Guys. Well, that's I mean that 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 kind of that's the part of the thing. Like I don't it, this whole kind of structure of like having a debate, like it should be a real debate, and it really didn't feel like a debate. It felt like just at times like the view. <laughs> yes, yes, I got that. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just that. Maybe that, I mean it's. That's a horrible com- comparison, but it really felt like it, it felt but like, like you said. I th- I thought Rooney Mara did a good job, but Jesse Buckley, which I I I I, I like uh, her. I like uh, her too, but I don't think she was good in the movie either. I think there was not, and that's why I'm saying I don't like this her winning for this writing stuff because I didn't like the debate of what they're trying to say. It felt like a lot of women talking through each other <laughs> and not to each other and not trying to mm. make a, a point. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I feel like Ben was shot while watching the movie. Like, yeah, I don't know what's going I, on here. Yeah. Uh, 
But anyway, Sarah Polly. I, I I do like Sarah Polly. I, I like the, uh, her as a filmmaker. I think as a director, she should have got nominated. I guess. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that was the one that kind of peaked. You know, that's like, raised my eyebrow when she won. I go, oh really? Uh, I didn't see that one. I didn't see that coming. But overall, Raymond, uh, uh, Rich, what was your thoughts on on Jimmy Kimmel as the host? You know, him coming back uh, after after his well, couple I'm, stints. As you know, we're all fan, um, me and Mike are huge fans of Jimmy Kimmel, and I, we knew he was gonna. He, he's he's the best host that the Oscars have right now. No no matter what, and who 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 they choose. Not Ricky Gervais. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Not Jeremy Carmichael. Everyone likes to bitch on Jimmy Kimmel for some reason, um, but. Don't but don't you, you think you, he was meh? He was just meh. Yeah, I know. But you 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 put up anybody else, and they're 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 the ones going to be walking the tightrope. Yeah. Uh, but Jimmy Kimmel is the one that you could count on to just to have a good show. So that's that's what you want. I mean, for this thing. I mean, so. he's definitely. I would say he's definitely was doing kind of a Billy Crystal. Uh, imp- well, I wouldn't say an impression, but he was trying to do the same kind of, you know thing that billy crystal did in the in the 80s and 90s and early 90s and which was which 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 what i mean it's like he's doing a there the whole production team was doing this flashback they were going back Mm -hmm. to the basics and that's what i kind of liked about it i thought this 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 night this this broadcast of the oscars was a hundred times better than what they did last year yeah Um, and take away the slap of last year i think that that show was a complete car car wreck and just kind of horrible. Just like they're I mean, they even said that they were trying to get like the Super Bowl audience, you know, oh. Beyonce opening and stuff like that. And like that's not I mean, I'm a movie fan. I'm here for movies and that's why I kind of really liked about this 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 broadcast, this this production, because it was about just going back to the basic and about about uh, uh celebrating the cinema. Now Yeah, it was all about uh the Little Mermaid and Rihanna. Yeah, I mean, what? <laughs> it's so fucking strange that they. Yeah, but you uh, know, that's so it. distasteful for uh, <laughs> Disney to put Little Mermaid during the show. I under, uh, uh, yeah, if you're gonna I, we, if you're gonna uh, present a trailer, do it in the yeah, sure, do it in the the commercial, commercial. break, fine, yeah. but do it in the in the in the awards ceremony. Yeah, yeah, just a cheap cheap kind of uh, plug, you know, a cheap promotional. Bit yeah. stunt, and I hope, and I hope the Oscar uh, voters agree, and they, they're 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 reminded of that when it comes if it if the movie is actually that good to get nominated next year. What do you mean, Little Mermaid? Yeah, I mean that's that was. I mean, if the movie's that good, and then uh, to get it nominated for, uh, um, you know, Oscars, oh, so I think it should be slapped on the wrist for that too. You saying not get nominated? Yeah. How about if it gets nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor, Best All That, and yet another studio comes in with a with a premiere of their trailer <laughs> to, to break up the night? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well. Uh, let's talk about the big controversy of the night, though. Yes. No Tom Sizemore in the memorial. Oh. Mm. I guess it was just too soon. And no, 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 no. There no, was no. a couple. There was a couple. Anne Hayes didn't make it. Tom Sizemore didn't make it. And I think the biggest kind of, uh, this you know the biggest Disrespect. kind of yeah, was Paul Sorvino from Sorvino. Good, Sorvino, Paul Sorvino from Goodfellas. He didn't make the cut. Also, Char B 
Dean from Triangle Sadness, uh, mm. she didn't make the cut too, and she was a very young actress who was in that, in that, mof- in that movie that was nominated. Stunning uh, actress, yeah. Uh, and she did a terrific job in that film. Mm. I'm a, uh, like I said before, I'm a big fan of Triangle Sadness, although everyone hates it. Um, yeah, I mean, Paul Savino, I think that was the biggest snob, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. He, he didn't make the cut. What yeah, was your thoughts on the memorial, Rich? I actually like Lenny Lenny Kravitz's performance in that, uh, mm-hmm. but I didn't like how they 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 put they start flashing it from one side to the other side. Um, I thought they should have dimmed it out more. You know, it's all about the, 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 the graphics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, oh, the graphics and stuff. You can tell who it is. Uh, <laughs> just there's there's a different way of of, of doing that and it, okay it's uh, yeah it's a, but I'm, so, I'm talking about the omission of Paul Savino and all the these other uh, actors oh, of course yeah 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 I totally agree and, and um yeah um I'm sure there's other people that uh, that was missing on that also that were were, were forgetting hmm. um but I did like the jab that <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel said earlier about uh, Robert Blake um <laughs> I mean uh, it's true I mean. I don't think he would make the cut anyway, right? I mean, uh, he's, I guess, no, a TV no, guy? I, 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 oh, no. He's, he's been in films. Of course. The, the well, Lost Cold Highway, Man. yes. Yeah. I think Paul Savino definitely deserves to be in that list. I think they could easily put, like you're talking about graphics, they could have put Ray Liotta and Paul Savino in the same yeah, exactly. uh, uh, same photo, right? You know, yeah. they're both in Goodfellas. It could have mm-hmm. easily been, like, slipped into there. I don't know. What do you think about all the uh, A-list actors missing the the, the show altogether? Like Brad Pitt, who who, who, who's dominated. So strange. Uh, I mean, doesn't even show up. I mean, he even (laughs) even uh, sponsored the 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 liquor on the whole show. Uh, He put his wine on the red carpet, whatever. Oh, was it? Movies nominated. Yeah, on the. um, But yeah, um, it was it was Brad Pitt. It was Tom Cruise didn't show up. James Cameron didn't show up. but uh, but there's you know there's a lot of those A-list actors that didn't show up at all. I mean, well, they're getting like, tired of the Oscars too. <laughs> did the, did it, it's just it's just it was just odd. I mean, not not seeing some you know familiar faces that we've seen in the last ten years. And right. um, it must have been some extra restrictive rules that they didn't uh, like, like Brad Pitt couldn't bring his uh, weed in <laughs> or something. His no, ash I mean, pipe. It, and Tom Were Cruise. they all expecting rain? I don't know. I don't know. That's that's it's odd. I, I yeah, I was shocked that I mean it really seemed like Tom Cruise was gonna supposed to be there. It seemed like he was like maybe scheduled to be there. And yeah, I I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. It, it seemed like there were some last minute changes. I heard a rumor that he, I heard he I heard a rumor that he was uh, he was pissed that uh, they were gonna do that uh, um last Little Mermaid. Oh, you think that was that's what it is? Maybe. Oh, uh, actually, that I heard that was uh, a rumor from uh, James Cameron. Why he didn't show up? Well, I agree with him. Yeah, it's it was it was bad taste. I think. Is it, it was I don't I don't that's probably the what what was even worse bad taste is that the movie just looks like garbage. <laughs> I, I no, and I'm not, I'm not the only one saying that. Like I actually thought the first teaser for the Little Mermaid, like they released a couple months ago. I thought it was promising. I was like, wow, this looks like um, it could be, you know, Disney's Aquaman. But I was saying that, like, in success. Mm. And now watching the full trailer, I'm like, wow, this just looks like a really lazy combination of Aquaman and the new, the recent Pinocchio remake. I'm like, not Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, the Robert Zemeckis one. 
<laughs> and I'm like, this just, this just looks like a complete train wreck. I was awful. I had a different reaction. I thought it was actually surprisingly better than I thought. Really? Uh, <laughs> but I had low expectations. Did you yeah, see it's the Ron pe- Marshall? I'm not expecting much. Yeah. Did you see the Peter Pan uh, trailer? I haven't. Or Peter and Wendy or whatever it was called. I, mm, I, I go. I, I know what you're talking about. I thought that that looked just as you know. I thought that was pretty bad, pretty boring. At least this was a little bit more exciting. So I was shocked that mm. it was actually a little bit better than I thought. You know. Um, it, it felt like there was some kind of sweeping epic to it. So I, but I, you know, this these movies are not for me anyway. So I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to watch it probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it was. I think you're right. I think it was a bad taste. To, and maybe James Cameron was pissed off about it. I mean, the Oscars shouldn't be a, a you know a place where you promote new movies. I, I don't know. I know that's like kind of people talk well, about that. About, well, I thought it was the, under, the video game awards. It was yeah, a ru- exactly. I thought it was a, a rule. I mean, it was, uh, but it's probably, they probably lifted a long time ago. Or, or they lifted that night for, because of ABC and Disney. Hmm. Welcome to, yeah. well, to, welcome to corporate America, pal. Mm-hmm. Um, cause right. also W W B put out the TV spot for, uh, um, um, uh, Oppenheimer, yeah, Did that was pretty mm-hmm. cool. That was a co- that was a cool TV spot. Yeah, new all new it. footage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. A, they didn't release it online, but yeah, of course it, not. It's Christopher Nolan. Well, he I don't know what he should be. <laughs> that's why I want the fucking movie the bomb because he should learn <laughs> his lesson. <laughs> like, uh, I'm tired of him. Like, no man only film and oh man no i don't want this in, in online just only in theaters all right i'm not gonna watch your fucking movie all right even though your fucking movie right. looks great you could you could you could put it online but you gotta loop it yeah you gotta, loop, 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 you gotta put it live loop time loop eternity. live loop wow what the eternity, fuck dude all right man <laughs> no but yeah it, what was it, up with that looping <laughs> it, a, it, it was it, a, technically not online or whatever it's a, yeah it was some kind of <laughs> they they found a loophole in 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 christopher nolan's edict of not putting stuff online or whatever oh, go, oh we just bought the streaming on live it was not officially online but we we could stream it live like okay yeah. why we are jumping in and in, in, jumping in hoops for this guy we're trying to promote your damn movie you dumbass <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's just sort of like it's like a link it to their uh, website. Well, he, I mean, the thing is, he wants people to experience his films in theaters only yeah. in theaters. Even the yeah. trailer themselves should be only in theaters. So I don't know. It's just this kind of a really stubborn type of way of thinking. But um, but like I said, the fucking TV spot looked awesome. Looked pretty pretty <laughs> pretty cool. God damn it! And, and I was yeah, I was not expecting it. It was I go. It, at first, it reminded me like, fuck, the summer's stacked with movies, mm-hmm. and the summer's stacked with movies that are non-Marvel or comic book. You know, there are actually some really mm-hmm. big movies that are not related to the MCU stuff, so that it's going to be a really big summer. I think it's going to be a big year of cinema, really. The, the Marvel stuff is actually some of the, the, or is the least interesting stuff coming out this year. Yeah, and it might be even the least profitable, uh, just looking at you know what happened to Ant Man, and maybe and maybe it, when if Shazam is doesn't become a hit, maybe people are gonna say, oh, maybe there is a 
something that's going on here. There's I a think, shift. Well, I I think the only comic book movie that's going to impress box office wise, fingers crossed, is going to be The Flash. Yeah. We'll see though. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. But um, let's let's uh, switch it up a little bit. I don't know if you guys watched this. For I didn't even finish it, but I have to bring it up because it's just so trash. I just cannot believe what I'm watching. And I'm run. I'm on Rotten Tomatoes right now, seeing that you know critics are praising it and saying it's incredible. It's so great. It's hilarious. And all the audiences are like, "What the fuck are critics are talking about?" But uh, History of the World Part Two. Mm. I got halfway through this. I saw the first two episodes. Like I cannot believe how how bad it is. Like you can tell it was bad from the from the trailer. But at the same time, it's so star studded. You know, I was like, I gotta at least give it a shot. Yeah. Man, this thing is painfully unfunny. Would did you guys check out the first episode or anything? Yeah, yeah we saw the first episode, and I got uh, and I started playing the second episode. Lasted probably lasted probably like ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Uh, um, some I got about I got about there too. That's about yeah. where I stopped. At. Yeah, Ike Barinholtz really die, uh, kills me. I mean, literally. <laughs> it's so sad because like the first time I ever saw him in something, I probably saw him in a bunch of things, but the first time I I really noticed him. Was when he played the uh, the the Ivan Drago in um, Eastbound and Down. Yeah. He was so funny on that, and like everything I've seen him in since, like he's never been able to capture that again. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just the Jody Hill writing that or something. Well, it's funny when I was when I watched the first episode, I go, "Oh, okay, this is a little bit different than I thought," because I thought it was going to be a complete ripoff of Drunken History or Drunk History. Oh, dr- yeah, yeah, okay. And it's not. It is trying to. Oh, it is in a way. Yeah, it is a in a way it, it, because of the cheap it's production worse. value uh, of the the show. But it is trying to capture that kind of Mel uh, Brooks spirit. You know, of those sight gags and stuff. But it really fails. They. I don't think they understand why Mel sight gags work. And they. They. You know. I did well, laugh a couple times, is, but it's the just, problem is that. They're, they're modernizing it. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, like, you have to in a way, but it's just, it doesn't work. Like, I, I they do, like, a lot of, like, social media type of stuff. A lot of, like, <laughs> right. a lot and, of YouTube and mm-hmm. kind of TikTok type of stuff. And um, it's, I thought for myself personally, the the opening with Mel Brooks was probably the best thing in the, the entire <laughs> in the entire. In the entire two episodes where I he's saw. A, uh, where he's a buff guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, I, that started off, I was like, this might actually be pretty decent. And then it went straight downhill after that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's unfortunate. I, I, maybe the, 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 the show should, it shouldn't have been a show. It should have been just a feature film properly. I don't know. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah, actually, maybe a feature film and like take the best sketches from these four episodes or whatever. I didn't even finish the whole thing, but I laughed maybe like once or twice in the whole two episodes. I didn't even finish the whole, the whole second episode, but like of what I saw, I maybe laughed once and twice during that whole hour of, of TV that I watched. Mm-hmm. But, ah, man, it's such, so disappointing because it's such, such an amazing cast. So many great cameos. And a lot of them are just completely wasted. Like Danny DeVito shows up and I was like, yeah, Danny, he doesn't do anything. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, and it, uh, yeah, I don't remember the did they, they did they do this in the in the in the film where they cut they cut from one sketch to the next sketch did, I guess they did that too. oh I think they did that in the movie right I think I think they did but in the, in the TV show it felt so quick where I don't think it was that quick in the film version you know it just feels like it feels like SNL 
You know, it feels like bad sketch writing from SNL. It feels like SNL mixed with Mad TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, but we make it. What makes it worse though? It doesn't even feel like you're watching like modern or whatever. It feels like you're watching like dated episodes from the past with like all these old references <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, I remember that kind <laughs> of. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's. Uh, I don't know. You saying the critics like this show? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, but not the audience. Yeah, it's it's a I like I said, I only watched the first episode and Richard Richard couldn't only get to a second half of the second. <laughs> uh maybe that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we did see the uh the they made a they put a trailer for Passion the Christ too, whatever it was. Jesus uh, <laughs> yeah. rising or something. Yeah, which is on, I thought online was pretty on funny. YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Uh that that was hilarious. Now now I wonder this. Yeah. Passion of the Christ too? Or it's a Mel it's, it's G- a Mel Brooks thing? Mm-hmm. It's Jesus rising or so it's not like a passion of, uh, but it was like uh, it's like basically turning Jesus into a, a super villain or superhero movie kind yeah. of thing. It was hilarious. And um I'm wondering if they have enough material in this in this series or whatever it is. Like if they cropped it down to like an hour and a half, do they have enough, you know, of a good good material to just make a decent film out yeah, of it? You maybe. Know? I don't think they do, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it'd be that, better than just the series itself. No, absolutely. <laughs> I agree with that. It has to be. Well, another big show that ended its run last night and Sunday night was The Last of Us. Uh, Rich, mm-hmm. we saw the whole uh, series, first season. I haven't watched it. <laughs> yeah, Raymond hasn't seen anything. Don't spoil anything for Raymond, but what was your thoughts of the first first season? It was a, I, was, I should say it's a huge rating, ratings, a mm-hmm. big ratings last night. That's uh, one of the big bigger shows for HBO, you know. Uh, but The Last of Us, what was your thoughts on the first season? Yeah, it's no doubt one of the best shows on television. And, really, uh, this, I was, it is. It is. It is. Um, it um, it's it's up there with the uh, the uh, what HBO standards now. The uh, the um, House of Dragon and stuff like that. Really, so, you like it that that much? I do actually, because it's it's not um, maybe a little bit less, but mm. um, but you know. It's it's one show that I look forward to watching. Okay. Yeah, I mean, look, high quality production value, definitely. Mm-hmm. Acting's great. Pedro Pascal is fantastic. I really love Bella Ramsey. It took a, it took a while for me to to warm up to her or her her portrayal, but she's really good. Uh so the cast is great. Mm-hmm. I I find that the whole see the first season uneven though. And really just cuz the direction of you know, one episode will be a flashback and one episode will continue the storyline. And it felt very slow to me. The finale mm. felt slow. Um, so think, it's, yeah. it's a mixed bag for me. I think it's well done. I think it, but, you know, me loving The Walking Dead and obviously the last part, <laughs> the last seasons of The Walking Dead were terrible. So, yes, oh. less of, Last of Us is definitely better than that. But I don't think it beats Frank, you know, the Frank Darabont's first two seasons. Uh, uh, the Walking Dead at least have a, at least felt like they had a direction and, and knew where it's going. The Last of Us feels like it's l- almost a little bit directionless, and I don't know. And obviously, they're following following the the video game. So I, 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 it feels very it, to me. It feels a little a little thin. The the whole first season felt a little thin to me, but. 
You well, can't like do- I said, I, 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 it's one of the best television right now. Mm-hmm. That's that's all it is. I mean, to me, I mean, I mean yeah, right now, yeah. So um, it's better than Mandalorian. Yeah, Raymond, are you starting to watch the Mandalorian season three? Uh, no, I have not. Mm. Is it good? I heard mixed things. It's a, it's. Uh, I don't know, Rich. What, what's your thoughts on the? Because when we saw the first, was the first two episode? Yeah. What was your thoughts on those first two? They're relying too much on the, on, on Baby Yoda or whatever it is. It's Go just, you know, Grogu, come on, whatever. get with I me. Mean, it, it's <laughs> it's just. Going through the numbers, I mean, it's a, um, it's what I it, kind of expected. It, ha- it has its, pl- its plot line, yeah. You know, go and then go to it. it it's it's what I kind of expected. Now it has, you know, I I don't, you know, they're really kind of focusing on the relationship between Mandalorian and Grogu as you know this. I guess it's less about the relationship; it's more about his his mission of trying to redeem himself because he, you know, he took off this mask in the last couple of yeah. seasons, and somehow that's a big no no, and so he needs to like kind of go back to his roots Just or whatever. Stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, it, it's it's such a kind of weird uh, religious thing that they kind of are, are taking it very very serious. Uh this is and the, and the thing is also like it's a rule that doesn't make sense. <laughs> But he, the thing is, he he could take off his mask. He can't, he just can't show his face to anyone because he when he eats, he takes off his mask, and when he, I'm sure when he brushes his teeth, I don't know, <laughs> whenever he takes a shower, I don't know. But he showed it to Grogu, right? He showed his mask to, or yeah, he showed his face to Grogu. No, he he, sh- he revealed his face to go into the uh. That, oh, that's that, true. That that, that yeah, the base. Star- rebel, base, rebel, whatever. Yeah, the re- yeah, yeah, that's true. But I don't know. It's a little. It's a little too much, right? Like anyway, get over it. <laughs> yeah. But that's the whole kind of conflict of this whole this new season. Like, oh my god, I I took off my mask and like, yeah, yeah. So you're going to hell. You know, it, 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 <laughs> yeah. would be inter- it would be interesting. It would be interesting if they could somehow like turn it into like um, you know, like a Muslim thing. Like uh, the women, the Muslim women are in, like oh. allowed to show their face or whatever. If they could somehow like turn it into like their version of that, it would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't even make sense because Mando's like a guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like this oh. masculine guy. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. I don't. I, I don't know. Yeah, they really f- they haven't really fully kind of dis- dis- uh, defined it. You know, like why everyone's fully masked, especially when you got uh, the Katie Sa- Sadkoff. What's her name? Sack Sackloff. Yeah. Sackoff, yeah. Sackoff, Sackoff. Her character is a Mandalorian or a former Mandalorian, or I don't know. But she she's yeah. able to take off her mask because she doesn't believe in the credo or the creed or whatever. I she's a know. former Mandalorian, or whatever. Well, yeah. Well, she's not. Into, she's not. She's not part of that strict group. <laughs> she's no longer I Mormon or whatever. Yeah, it it's, is. Those those guys are crazy. <laughs> those guys are too strict. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it just uh, it 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 takes up your time, and if you have a little bit of t- you know what's good about the show is thirty minutes long, and it you know it's thirty minutes, so it's okay for a thirty minute show. Mm-hmm. I think it's a uh, it's fine. It's nothing big. 
I wonder how well the ratings are going to go for this season. Uh, I don't know. But I mean, it's, Pedro Pascal, man. It, it, the Last of Us, now with the Mandalorian, this guy's on top of the uh, top of the top of the game. He's on top of the the game right now. He's the hottest mm-hmm. actor right now, and good for him because I really do enjoy him and both of these shows. And he, I think he's a a great talent. Yeah, yeah. I've loved Pedro Pascal and uh, everything I've seen him in. Um, but it's funny because you know, while I've seen this guy in a lot of projects already. I think my favorite role of his is still that brief appearance he made on Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's so great on that. And an awesome SNL episode for him. I didn't watch it. Well, w- watch some of the clips. He's, he's hilarious. And he really shows that he could do drama. And he could do comedy. He could really go to different places. But I think, unfortunately, he's kind uh, of stuck in television. though. <laughs> he's not able to break through to, to movies, but... You know he's killing he it in, will t- eventually. in TV. He he will eventually, but he in TV he's mostly just been doing supporting roles. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. When when he gets that leading role, I'm sure he's waiting for the right franchise. You know, if he's waiting for the right for the right project, I'm sure he's turned down a lot of stuff. Right here, I put. I'm going to pitch it right now. Peter Pascal. Peter Peter P- Pascal. The Zorro? new the new Zorro. I don't know. Maybe he could be like Zorro's like brother. <laughs> Right. The, the thing is, Zoro has all right here. I'll picture, I'm going to picture right now Pedro Pascal as Zoro's brother. <laughs> spin off, <laughs> spin off of the franchise. It's a comedy <laughs> spin off. The thing is, Zoro has an alter ego where you're not, you're supposed to, it's sort of like Superman. And then Zoro without a mustache and Zoro with, with the mustache. He's Pedro Pascal has that face that he needs that a chin or whatever is too recognizable. Oh, okay. You are Zoro? <laughs> Uh, Peter Pascal as Zorro's brother Hector, and it's a spinoff where he doesn't know that Zorro, his brother, or he doesn't know his brother is Zorro, so he, he's the last person to find out. There we go. Let's we can write it right now. Let's do, let's do it. Let's pitch it. I'm sure he'll love it. And Zorro's played by Mike Pena. And Zorro's played by what uh, Antonio Banderas wants? Tom Holland. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's talk it. about the real show that's still going on right now, um, Shrinking. All right. Our last, yeah, right. Be, we got to go, but go ahead. Give us your thoughts on Shrinking. Is it, is it like, was it, how many more? Um, There's got to be a second to last episode coming up. Like that. What is shrinking for the people who don't know? Uh, I'll just say uh, a grieving therapist starts to break the rules by telling his clients exactly what he thinks. This is a new series called uh, Shrinking, stars Jason Segel uh, uh, and also Harrison Ford. And Jessica Williams is also good Jessica in it. Jessica Williams. Luke Tenney. And Michael Ooney. Who's a girl? She's fantastic. Jason Segel's uh, daughter. In the in the show, uh, Lakita Maxwell. Lakita, look, uh, Lakita Maxwell. She's fantastic. And, uh, and also, Krista uh, Miller as the neighbor, and also uh, uh, the who's the guy? Ted, uh, Ted McKinley from uh, from uh, uh, no, Mary Ma- uh, Ma- 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 Children. Ma- yeah, Jefferson from Mary Ma- Children. Also oh, uh, doing some oh, great, really? doing some great uh, cameo work. I guess he, he's not mm-hmm. a full recurring character but he 
pops up when he needs to. The yeah. little sprinkle of great comedy there. Yeah. Uh, so this is from the guys who brought you Ted Lasso, Bill Lawrence, and then also one of the actors and writers from the show, uh, Brett Gons- Goldstein, also from Jason Siegel. He uh, co-created too. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Rich, you brought this up. What do you want to say? Yeah, so far it's eight episodes that we, we've seen so far, and I guess there's 11 to be... Um, mm-hmm. Let me see. It's a couple more episodes to, to left over. Yeah, left. Yeah, and so far it's it's one of the best, freshest new comedies or whatever from Apple Plus TV, and uh, it's, it's... And no one's talking about it, right? I haven't heard I people I think they talk- are a little bit because it's Harrison Ford, of course, but... Um, but it's it's not getting the the love that I think it deserves, right? And I uh, hopefully that this is the series that that Harrison Ford can pick up an Emmy for. Uh, I know his name's going to probably be showing up for the the uh, the 1883 or whatever it was called the um 1923 right a series that he's currently in also that he just finished, which was also a good series from uh, Taylor Sheridan. Uh, but this one. Uh, th- that was more traditional Harrison Ford. Shrinking is an all new look at shrink, uh, at Harrison Ford as a comedic uh, performing uh, artist and uh, and some to uh, you know enjoy. Yeah, I think it's funny because like in nineteen what was it nineteen twenty three nineteen twenty eight twenty three. Yeah, I think in nineteen twenty three he's the typical uh, cowboy, you know, the archetypal cowboy kind of. The patriarch of that family, the the Delton family, and this Dutton. one, the D- Denton Denton family, and Dunnan, Denton Dunnan Dunnan family, whatever, <laughs> whatever. So in in this one, he is uh, more of a fragile character, uh, but yet also kind of a mentor character. He's a he's a kind of a mentor to 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 Jason Siegel's character, uh, but he also very vulnerable in certain spots, but very funny, extremely yeah. funny in, yeah. the, in the show. And it's probably the best part of the show. Definitely. What, that's what why I, 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 I would be shocked if his name is not mentioned for Emmy uh, consideration. Cause all the, all the, uh, all the attention Ted Lasso gets, I wouldn't be surprised if this series gets, uh, you know, half of that recognition. Do you, do you think people, because the show doesn't have like, one two punch jokes you know there's no kind of it's not like history of the world part two <laughs> no. Well, no you well, know people, like people like the bear they just think about that right is that do people consider that a comedy it's nominated for a comedy was it oh shit i uh, yeah i did not see that as i guess you i guess you could say well it's similar in that i think it's actually light-hearted more light-hearted than the, the bear yeah but, well the, the bear i consider a dramedy this well, see, more... that's the thing. I think this is a dramedy. I consider this a dramedy. I, I consider the bear a drama, but uh, if people saying that's a comedy, I don't know. Mm. I, I I don't know. I, I, I This is kind of like what the typical drama, this is why the term dramedy came up, you know, why people came up with that term, because I think it hits both notes. It hits comedy quite well, and it hits the drama well, the quite bear, well. The bear, is, the bear is a dramedy like, you know, The Martian was a dramedy. Okay, okay. But I, 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 yeah, I would recommend this, uh, this, this show very much, and I think it's, it's, uh, it's like, I think it's very lightweight. You know, it's, it's dealing with people's problems. It's dealing with these uh, therapists who are not perfect, and they have their own problems. That's why I kind of like about it. 
it doesn't kind of deal with political issues. It doesn't deal with like no. bigger kind of. That's a, well, that's kind of why I like about it. It just kind of goes back to the basics of someone's personal problems and trying to get get you know. It's talk about personal relationships and and stuff like that. It's really kind of a throwback of those shows that we used to get. It seems nowadays it has to be they have they have to turn it up a little bit. It has to be like Atlanta where we got mm-hmm. like oh we're going to be very surreal with stuff and we're going to talk about issues that everyone's talking about. This is not none of that. This is like going back to a certain time where it's just about people's problems, certain relationships. It's trying to be better. It's people trying to be better, you know, with their own lives. And that's what I kind of like about it. Cool. <laughs> right. All right, that was it for this episode of Inside Flicks. Uh, Unless you want to talk about Daisy Jones. Oh, yeah, how is that? I've been thinking of watching that. Uh, All right, so, yeah, me and Richard have been watching Daisy Jones and the Six. This is a new kind of high-profile Amazon uh, show that kind of based on uh, Fleetwood Mac. I guess you could mm. say it's kind of set in the Los Angeles music scene of the ninety or the of the seventies, rather. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit of, uh, I would say, almost famous. A little bit of almost famous, but also very much a ordinary biopic, but not a real biopic because this is all a fictional band. I don't know, yeah. uh, Rich. What's your what's your take on Daisy Jones and the Six? It's entertaining enough to to enjoy. Uh, you know. Uh, luckily, Amazon's been putting up uh, like two or three episodes each week, um, so I could I could enjoy it. Um, you know, like how we've been doing, watching it. You know, per weekend, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy some of the um, the uh, the acting from Sam Claflin uh, and uh, Rilo Keough. Uh, their their performances are pretty well, and, and their singing is is spot on on some on, on some songs if that's really them i mean it's it's, it's supposedly so it's supposed yeah. to be so um but yeah the acting all together is it's it's okay they're it's it's they're they're a good ch- uh group of uh actors uh i think the the worst part is probably some <laughs> um unfortunately is timothy oliphant <laughs> at least so far but he's barely um, he's barely in the show he's barely in the uh, so far say. but I, I think he shows up again of course uh, as well, a manager and, and the only problem I have with Timothy Oliphant is his wig. He has a terrible yeah. wig, and it's hard to yeah. even concentrate on what he's saying with that terrible wig on his on his head. But for the most part, everyone everyone it's like it's pretty good. I mean, they they seem like they paid a lot of money for the show, and to get mm-hmm. the '70s right, they mm-hmm. have music like real 1970s music, which is a plus. A lot a lot of times when you get these shows that's set in a certain time that. They only have maybe two or three songs that they could play, and they repeat it all, every time. This actually, they seem to have a really good, uh, you know, list of of songs that they could use in the show. They also have original music. I guess uh, part of the promotion is that they sold. They're selling a soundtrack, a, a companion piece to to the show, which is, I guess, really their voices, Riley Keough and and Sam Claflin, for the main stars. I was really shocked about uh, Riley Keough. Uh, her performance is really, really good, and it's a, it's a, t- it's a strange character because it's not, um, she's not likable, but she is likable. You know, it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's a weird balance. She's uh, living on the edge. Yeah, yeah. She's kind of like Jenny from uh, 
the for, from Forrest Gump, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but but she's also kind of like uh, you know um, Kate Hudson in in Almost Famous. She's kind of in this weird space where she's a groupie, but she's also doing her thing. She's taking drugs, she's, you know. It's just a complicated character, and she's pulling off pretty good. Sam yeah. Claflin, who's a person I you know. I actually do like his work. I, I've seen some of his other films. Um, he was great in, in uh, The Nightingale. He was playing a real mm. racist bastard in that. He was really great in that in that, in that that movie. Um, here he's kind of playing like the typical brilliant, you know, songwriter, singer. I am a golden god. Yeah, yeah kind, of like, kind of like Billy Cr- Crudup. I, it's it's weird. It's weird. You would not have thought that these w- this would make a good team or a good like uh, on screen chemistry, but they do. I think what's lacking in in the show is some of the kind of the writing, some of the typical. It's very typical. It's very kind of a lightweight, but I think it's pretty decent enough for a watch. It's it's pretty. Yeah. It's fine, right? It's it's okay. Yeah. It's a really okay, solid piece of uh, storytelling here. And another series produced by Reese Witherspoon. I mean, she's been busy. I mean, <laughs> and uh, um, this, I mean, um, it's, it's yeah, like you said, it's not bad. And I, I enjoy how they're not making us wait one episode per week because <laughs> I think if they did that, I would have dropped it. Yeah, it's, it's so, better to, like, kind of watch two or three episodes at a time mm-hmm. because you get, a be- you get a better chance, a better feel of the characters and there's a lot of characters i mean there are literally six people in the cast <laughs> i mean there's a big it's a big band at all times yeah living in one in one house <laughs> you know the band uh raymond you 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 do you like 70s like music it. yeah but do you yeah. like 70s music do you like kind of yeah. this los angeles music scene yeah i mean i i think the show looks good okay because <laughs> it kind of does delve into some of the i would say well, certainly Fleetwood Mac is kind of an inspiration. I would say also the Eagles probably maybe is mm-hmm. an inspiration. I would say, uh, I don't know, what other kind of bands that came out of the 70s? Well, it's certainly in the California, yeah, that's that style of music kind of. Uh, the Mamas and Papas? I guess a little bit like that, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, but the, the, here's the thing. The music, not that great. <laughs> the music's gonna act that great I don't but I would say once we get to see you know cause the whole idea is that da- Daisy Jones joins the band of the six and becomes a super team right and that moment where Rilu Keo and Sam Crawford is singing together in harmony is a very big moment in the show and it works mm-hmm. well and you're like oh shit they're fucking singing this pretty good and then, so despite like kind of what I think about the music itself, their their relationship they seem pretty good together, and it is pretty cool in the in the show. And I think that's what makes that that show pretty special. Yeah. So yeah, I would I would say give it give it a shot. I mean, uh, uh, if you kind of into that stuff, into the Eagles and Fleetwood Mac and kind of that stuff, I think you probably would like it. It's it, it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, at all. you gotta you gotta get through the first two episodes, and then I mean to see if you really enjoy it. I mean, wait till like the third episode, and then if you don't like it by then, might as well drop it. But I I would say right there's something about Riley Keo Keo about something about her that it draws me into that character, right? And, yeah, you know, it's, 
we should talk about how the she's the granddaughter of Elvis. Mm-hmm. She's also the daughter of the unfortunately the late Lisa Marie, Lisa Marie who passed away just you know a month ago. And it really seems like she kind of knows this lifestyle, even though she was not born from in the seventies. She was born in what in the nineties, I guess. But it, it seems like she was perfectly like she was tailor made for this this show or, or this part. And I think she does a really good job, a great job. And so I think watch it for her. You know, just watch it for her. I think okay. there's a lot, a lot a lot of things to really love about the show. It's not a disappointment. I would say that. Okay. I'll, I'll check it out. Okay. I want to check it out. Yeah, check it out. All right. That ends this episode of Inside Flicks. Thank you for listening. Um, all right. Take care. Take care. Brush your hair. I'm going to use that as my new sign off. Take care. I said that a few times. <laughs> Take care. Brush your hair. Time right. for the old Rudy. All right. Bye-bye.